card shop owner was like, hey, have you seen this card? And he pulls out the Mark Jackson hoops card, which I know everybody now knows about. But at that time, that card for, it had only been, they found out that the Menendez brothers were on that card, not until 2018. So that wasn't like some longstanding thing that everybody knew for years and years. It was, it was recently discovered. And he showed me and I was like, this is insane. Like, I'm like, I need this card. Like I, in my, I, immediately I was like, well, I have to have this card. You might recognize that voice as Courtney from Reckless Cards. Since February, she's also been co-host of a podcast called Dangerous Games. It brings together sports cards, sports, and true crime. In the summer of 2021, she was at a card show when she discovered the 1990 hoops Mark Jackson. In the shot, he's making a pass, which isn't much of a surprise since he's one of the greatest assist men in NBA history. But sitting in the background, courtside, were two brothers, Eric and Lyle Menendez. In 1990, they were just taking in a basketball game. But six years later, in 1996, they'd be convicted of murdering their parents. Their murder trial captured the nation's attention. This was, after all, the era of OJ and court TV. Courtney's collected cards since she was 10 years old. At first, it was garbage pail kids. Then, it became football and basketball. But this, this was something new. Sports cards tied to true crime. She was hooked. And just like that, she had a whole new lane of collecting. This is what today's episode is all about. Personal collections going in new directions. Sometimes it hits you, pow, out of nowhere, and you feel compelled to follow it. Other times it's something you've been thinking about for a while, but you were just waiting for the right opportunity, a little push. My name is Dave Schwartz, Iowa Dave on Instagram. If you feel like your PC is in a bit of a rut, a little bit stale, stay tuned. I have a feeling you'll find inspiration in this episode of The Shallow End. of months ago, I interviewed Matt, who goes by TimmyD21PC on Instagram. At the time, his PC consisted of about 200 total cards. Every card, every last one of them, was Tim Duncan. This is a collector of an extreme rare focus. A guy who once wrote in an IG story, quote, Stop the impulse buys and make a list of 10 to 30 cards you can't live without and start to tackle it. Me, personally, I know what I like and mostly stay in my lane. But I'm prone to distraction and impulse purchases. In a way, I interviewed Matt as a way of motivating myself to lock in. 
But a funny thing happened a couple of weeks ago at the National. Matt bought a Kobe Bryant card. And not just any Kobe. He bought Kobe's 2016-17 preferred unparalleled auto numbered to 50. As Matt pointed out, with one purchase, his Kobe collection, just one card, was now worth more than his entire Timmy Duncan collection, something he's worked years to put together. So if I've got 200 Tim Duncan cards and one Kobe card, but my one Kobe card is worth more than my 200 Tim Duncan cards, <laughs> what, what, am I a Kobe collector or am I, am I a Duncan collector? I think you're a Duncan collector, uh, for sure, just because of the sheer volume of cards and how, how that's built. Right. I, th- I think you're I think you're spot on there. Um, you know, there, it takes time to curate a collection. Um, anyone could just go buy a card, you know. So do you see more Kobe's coming in the future? No, um, that was yeah. the one I wanted. That was the one I screenshotted in uh, February 2021. And I went all the way back through my phone over and over, reached out to probably four different owners of that car for different owners of different of cards of those, not all the same cards, and none of them would budge. None of them they all said it's PC forever. That's one of his best autographs. And, you know, I didn't blame him. I was like, you know, that's a beautiful card. I hope I find one someday. Um, and I just kind of held out hope for two and a half years. And I thought going into the national, you know, if I'm ever going to see one, it's going to be here. So, I put the put the line out, like I said, on Tuesday, and it all came together for me. So I'm glad I did that. So the question I had was, why now? For Courtney, it was different. It was almost visceral, a matter of timing and luck. She was a lifelong card lover, but she also held an interest in true crime stories. She'd never connected the two. I mean... Why would she? Until the Mark Jackson Menendez card crossed her path at a card show. For Matt, it was more a matter of circumstance. There was a handful of players he grew up who he really enjoyed. Duncan was one, but Kobe and Shaq were on that list too. A few years ago, before he went hard into Duncan cards, Matt scouted Kobe autos, which at the time were in the several hundred dollar range. Then the pandemic happened. Then Kobe died. The prices spiked. And Matt found himself priced out. He figured if he was going to build any sort of substantial collection, it would have to be with Duncan, a player who was inexplicably, exponentially cheaper to collect than Kobe he decided to give Kobe another shot at the National, and, as fate had it, this time Matt landed his auto. It was just a matter of circumstances and patience. After all, remember, few collectors are as laser-focused and disciplined as Matt. I I went to the National with a group of guys, and um, we were all kind of in a group text, and they sent me a text that, Thursday and said, Hey, the Kobe's here. Um, and I said, all right, game on. I'm, I'm going for it. But as all card collectors know, landing that one special card always comes with complications. 
it's never as easy as we hope. When Matt arrived at the National, he walked right up to the dealer with the Kobe and, you guessed it, it was already sold. All day Friday, he walked the Stevenson Convention Center. No Kobe. So he sold a couple of cards to free up additional cash. All day Saturday, he walked again. And again, no Kobe. He sold a few more cards, freed up more cash. By Saturday night, it became clear how Matt's national experience was going to end. He had sold some of his prized Duncan collection to make room for the one Kobe, but someone scooped up the Kobe before he could get there, which meant he had no Kobe and, although he had some extra cash, his Duncan PC had taken a hit. It was as if the hobby gods were punishing him for cheating on his Duncan PC. Then, magic happened. I'm supposed to leave to drive home 10 hours on Sunday at seven in the morning, but I had bought a ticket uh, ahead of time, just in case. And uh, I lay my head down on the pillow at about midnight and I get a Instagram message from somebody, <laughs> blind blind Instagram message. I had never spoken to him before. And they said, hey, are you looking for this card? I think you said you were last week. And I said, <laughs> I said yeah, I am actually. <laughs> Someone said it was at the show and I haven't been able to find it for two days. And he goes, well, the guy just pulled it out of his in, he just put it into a showcase with an hour to go to you know today, which was uh, Saturday. And I was like, where's this been? I guess he was I guess the guy was putting it in and out of the showcase throughout the show and I just kept missing it. So I find out, you know, it's it's there um, and I need to I need I need to go approach this guy about it because you know he's he's obviously reluctant to sell, but he's if he's putting it in the case with a price on it, he's willing to sell it. So at that point, I was like, all right, it's game on. I know it's here. I know where it's at. I know who's got it. And the guy gave me uh, his Instagram to reach out to him. And I was like, all right, if I hear from him tonight, I'm going to go back to the show in the morning and just delay my travels by about three or four hours and get this card. And if I don't hear from him, I can't go there on a, I can't go there on a whim, uh, you know, because I, I got to get out of there too. I've got, you know, I've got a tight schedule on, on Sunday. So sure enough, around 2 AM, the guy hits me back. I think his last Instagram posted from like 2022. So I wasn't very like hopeful that he would hit me back, but he's like, yeah, I'm here. I've got it. Um, if you come in the morning, we will get a deal done. And I said, all right, I'll take your word for that. So I, uh, postponed my trip home on Sunday by a few hours. I went straight to the show. I went straight to his table. <laughs> he wasn't there, um, but his buddies were set up. So I sent him a message on uh, Instagram and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm on kind of a tight schedule. I'm here. Um, your card is here. It's in the case. Um, it, he just wasn't there. And I said, hey, you know, we kind of talked about this price. Are we still good on this price? And he said, yeah, we're good to go. So the guy uh, sitting at his table, who was kind of his friend, who kind of, they both do this together. He uh, he said, let me give him a call and just double check that he's okay with doing this. And he called him up and the guy said, yeah, he's good to go. So the uh, guy handed me the card, I gave him the cash and <laughs> I exited the building and exited the state immediately and drove home. So 
that was a uh, it was literally kind of a walk off at the buzzer type situation. So Matt, the Duncan collector, had his Kobe, his multi-year search over. He says he's done with just the one. The Kobe itch has been scratched. But what really stuck with him, he says, is the thrill and personal connection that comes with doing deals in person. Suddenly, the impersonal point and click of eBay isn't quite as, as appealing as it used to be. Matt has become a card show guy. Which brings us back to where we started with Courtney from Reckless Cards. What's so fascinating about her new collecting lane is just how far she's taken it, how it's sparked her desire to research and explore the true crime genre. She didn't just go on a buying spree and fill up a box full of cards of athletes who were somehow involved in crimes. She started a whole new podcast, creating a genre within a genre. If you're looking for a hobby podcast about autograph redemptions and breaker scandals, this ain't it. For example, in the first episode of Dangerous Games, she and co-host Sarah, who is Mrs. Squirt's Cards on Instagram, explore the mysterious death of former Chicago Bull Bison Daly. There's an episode on the Chicago Black Sox, one about a missing Harlem Globetrotter, and most recently, Courtney and Sarah detail the full story of Sam Shepard, the late former doctor whose murder trial inspired the Fugitive TV series and the Harrison Ford movie and who later became a professional wrestler. And the coolest thing is they always tie it back to cards or sports or memorabilia. Now, we'll hear again from Courtney in just a second, but first... I want to make clear that she and Sarah never exploit the crime's victims. They're interested in the crimes and the stories, but it's often with a heavy heart and always motivated by compassion. Anyway, here's Courtney. Before this, I love sports cards and I love true crime. So I, it wasn't like I became a fan of true crime because of the card. I was already a fan of true crime. So seeing something, two things that I was very passionate about, you know, I listened to about a bazillion true crime things. I watched Dateline and Snaps, all that stuff like that was those. I read mystery murder novels. These like this was something that I've always been passionate about. So seeing them both together in one thing on this card was it was mind blowing to me because it was like, wow, I can take something that I'm very passionate about collecting cards and I can make an entire collection with something else that I'm very passionate about, which is like all this true crime stuff that I've always followed and watched. The thing about collecting is it's always personal. When that little voice inside your head tells you to buy the card of that player you've never bought before, stop and listen to it. It doesn't mean you need to actually make the purchase or that you need to tear up your existing PC and start from scratch with something new. But the fact that you're stopping in the first place, that something new has your attention, it means something. There's a reason that card piqued your interest. Courtney and her husband Jeremy are the lifeblood of Reckless Cards. They run multiple businesses together, collect cards together, 
They're raising a family together. They are a true partnership in every sense of the word. But they're also individuals. That was another reason this true crime genre of card collecting was so appealing. Sometimes it's hard to have something that just belongs to you. And this sort of feels that way to me. And it's something that is exciting for me personally. And I think, you know, we get lost sometimes in being part of the whole when the hot, when, when the hobby and having something that like separates you and gives you your own sense of like excitement is kind of fun and important. So in that aspect, yeah, it was definitely important to me. And that moment fully changed my trajectory with like what I collect. As I see it, you know, you found your true PC when you care less about the value of the cards and more about the stories behind them. I've got two collecting lanes where low card values don't come into play. The first is that I like to collect cards of star players in their less familiar uniforms, teams they might have played for for just a few games. Think Dwayne Wade with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The other is that I'm slowly building my own St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame collection. Cards of players who I remember as a kid that nobody in their right mind would collect. What? You're telling me you don't remember former St. Louis football Cardinals running back Stump Mitchell? Remember what Matt said. His one new Kobe, the one he just picked up a couple of weeks ago, is worth more than his entire 200-card Tim Duncan PC that he's been building for years. But those Duncans have value to Matt, and that is what matters. Courtney said the same thing. She can pick up cards for her new PC that cost a buck, and she's happy. She's thrilled. Until a couple of years ago, she couldn't have cared less about Mark Jackson. Now, that common 1990 hoops card represents a pathway to a deeper level of collecting. And I never collected Mark Jackson cards. I never collected anything outside of really you know, bulls and bears cards, because that was, that was what I've always collected. And a little Kobe, because, you know, I, again, I loved Kobe, but uh, really 90s basketball. So I saw this card and I was like, this is insane. So I got that. And then I was like, now I want to find other cards that are like interesting like this. So then the next one I picked up was the, um, it was the, the Sam Vincent card with, Jordan in the 12 jersey because his jersey had gotten stolen before the game. So that was like another kind of crime. And and it was like a weird correlation between the card and, you know, the picture on it. So once that started, it just set me in this like weird, like research. And I love to research stuff and I love true crime. So it was sort of natural that I, I went on this thing and I started buying all of these cards that were related to true crime or athletes that had been part of a true crime or athletes that had committed, you know, a murder or had been murdered. Like I have a Bison Daily autograph because his brother, you know, quote unquote, killed him. That's still not solved. 
but um, right, right, Bison Daly being the used to be Brian Williams, the yes. former Chicago Bull center. He, was, right. he, well, he only played on the Bulls for seven games, but everybody's like former Chicago Bulls. He actually ended his career in Detroit and huh. he was the highest paid piston and he walked away from $36 million of his contract because he's like, I'm done playing. And it, it was such a wild story. And when you dig into these stories, now these cards, they're not just cards. Each of them has like a like a story. It's not like this is his stats. He was the greatest ever. It's like this is like a true life. Like this happened to these people. Thanks so much for listening. The Shallow End is a Wolfpack Network podcast. <laughs>